was deliberately planned. I crippled the rattlesnake. The attack has caused severe damage. Steve Austin will never be the same again. Hostilities exist. Unspeakable atrocities fuel the champion. The attack is terror, wreaking havoc on the World Wrestling Federation. The attack exhibiting no pity, no compassion, no benevolence. The facts speak for themselves. His objective is clear. WWF No Mercy, live on pay-per-view. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, as we enter October, what do you have for us from the news desk this week, sir? October the 1st. Yes. Billy Corrigan assumes 100% ownership of the NWA as of midnight last night. Well, we'll have to see what he can do with it. You know, I don't. I just don't know how much value is really in, in the NWA anymore. And especially when you have a limited tape library, like he didn't assume uh, the entire tape library that they have remaining after what WWE owns from it. Right. Uh, from when they were paired up with Crockett. I don't think Corgan got all of the remaining library. There's still some trouble there. But outside of the library, just like what I think about Impact Wrestling, I'm just not sure what value is really in the name NWA. I, at one point, it had a lot of great value and was helpful to a lot of promotions to right. get some traction and start up and then... You know they would bail and yeah. then leave it behind, but so maybe maybe he can do something with it. But with I don't a, know. He with, probably didn't pay much for it with so. a name and like what he has and the spotlight and all that. I see him trying to work out a TV deal and actually doing an Impact Rest or not Impact Rest, an NWA wrestling show. I, I mean, it's not going to be straight out of the gate. WWE quality, but still it'll be ECW quality. When he was part of Impact Wrestling for a very short time, a lot of the wrestlers really enjoyed working with him because he really, really loves pro wrestling. I mean, this guy loves pro wrestling and so at least you know that the guy that owns this thing actually has a passion for the product. He's not just some random investor, you know, some pile of money with no interest in seeing this thing through so yeah it would be it would be excellent if he could do something with it uh so we'll just have to see jeff hardy is going to end up needing surgery to repair his injury yeah sucks for jeff hardy uh he's had a tough go of it getting his teeth knocked out and now he's got uh well speaking of teeth knocked out oh yeah cesaro getting them pressed they didn't actually get knocked out they got pressed up into his gums which is sounds even worse that I really think. sounds painful yeah and then you know he had to work the rest of the match. That's what really sucks. That like, match was killer, though, dude. Oh, I thought it was match of the night. It, hands down. like uh, Hands down. It the was... women's match at No Mercy was a close second, I think, uh, because Nia Jax, for the first time, looked incredible, I think, in the ring as a, as a big monster. They gave her lots of monster spots. Yeah. And all the other women were scared of her. It was perfect it booking. Made it, it, she would hit, and then they would team up and knock her out, and she would hit again, and it, it, it made it... 
realistic to the point that she's a true badass. I really did love the tag team match, though, because I was not looking forward to the tag team match because these guys, much like they do all the other feuds, they have fought each other on Raw in singles matches, you know, six-man tags, you know, variations of this combination. Yeah. Since SummerSlam. And so I really didn't want to see another match, but they proved me wrong because it was an incredible match. Like, I got into the match. I forgot... You know, all that went out the window when I saw how good it was in the ring. Yeah. I didn't, though, like how the biggest spot in the match wasn't the finishing spot where... Yeah, you and me talked about that when we were watching Cesaro powerbombs Dean Ambrose onto Seth Rollins, or the other way around, I don't remember. That should have been And that only gets a two. Yeah. It was insane. There were so many false finishes, though, dude. It was unreal. Like I say, though, I just think that they should have, that should have been. This company just goes back and forth about false finishes and how many finishers it's going to take to to win a match. And so you see that match and you see this mega spot. It's the logical conclusion of the match, in my opinion. But then, no, 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 kick out. And then you end with not as great of a a bone kick and that's it right but then but then you have like the roman reigns john cena match where cena hits four variations of the aa to roman reigns and he kicks out of all of them first spear cena's out for a three count so just make up your mind on the value of finishers that's all i ask at this point i've gotten used to it takes 15 finishers to get the match one so you can't get me used to that and then all of a sudden no no now it just takes one yeah. But only from one certain guy, of course. It's only this guy that can get, can get the job done with one. Right, yeah. But uh, Jeff Hardy, back to... Back to Jeff. We're getting off topic here. Jeff Hardy, yeah, this is really interesting, though, because with him on the sideline, what will they do with Matt Hardy? And on Raw, they kind of pushed it to the side, and they had Matt Hardy in a tag team with Jason Jordan. They don't have any ideas yet, but... I, I got a great one. <laughs> Just throwing this one out really? here. Yeah. Yeah. Just delete it. <laughs> just delete. Just hit delete. Just hit delete. Hit control alt delete on Matt Hardy's character and figure something out. Escape. Every yeah, way possible. They could do a variation. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing about the getting the gimmick or whatever, they yeah. could do a variation because believe it or not, I mean, Matt Hardy basically created that character. He's a pretty smart guy. He was helping out with some of the booking in Impact Wrestling before he left. He can easily create a variation of this character yes. and be totally fine. And definitely, I'm not saying he's going to be main eventing anytime soon. Not with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, you know, set for Mania. He's not going to be in the main oh, event. Oh, I don't see him anywhere near the main event. But he but could definitely feud with Miz. He could have, yeah. He could have an Intercontinental run or with no problem. Or feud with Bray and Finn and all these guys that just don't have anything going on. Yeah. Could easily be put into that. I mean, the tag division right now with... The Revival being out, with the Hardys now being out, and the S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion coming up. Uh, that's what was teased on Monday, is S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Miz Tourage. Uh, it's not set in stone yet, but that seems to be where they're going. So the tag division right now is just, it's sort of on hold anyway. Right. So, yeah, this is a good time for a singles run. Much like... Uh, this, much- this might could save the quote-unquote Hardys last stand run. Well, much like how I thought Big Cass's injury was actually a blessing in disguise because it gives you a chance to do something different. This gives them a chance to do something different with the yeah. Hardys. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we can go on and on about You know that. who is back on TV, though? Who is back on television? Glacier. 
Glacier? Is he Glacier? Is, is he in NXT? I mean, what's going on? My here? good friend Ray Lloyd is back as part of the Battle Royal on this week's Ring of Honor Wrestling. Wow, that is uh, a really cool thing. I think it was. To do. It was awesome to watch. I sent it to you. What were your expectations? I loved it. Look, I was a huge Glacier fan as a kid. I thought his entrance was amazing. He came along at a bad time. Yeah. In, in in wrestling for a character like that, because uh, the NWO showed up and characters and gimmicks were out the window. It was how do you look in this black T-shirt? And so now you've got Sub Zero walking out to the ring. Like timing wise, it just didn't work out for him. But I loved it because I love Sub Zero and I loved the entrance with the lasers. It the was karate sn- show, and it would be snowing inside. I like, mean, yes, yeah. they put they put a lot of money and effort into. Getting this character ready. And getting it over. with Because Glacier, as far as I know, I don't remember any sort of promo from him or any kind no. of speaking thing. It was just, I was just into the character, you know, because of how it was presented. He was a true badass. Yeah, he went in there, hit his uh, big super kick and his cryonic kick, and uh, went on about his way. Yeah. Bringing legends in for battle royals, for throwaway spots. I love it. I, I think that... It's something that the WWE, really, they did a lot of it there for a little while, especially with those old school Raws and then with Heath Slater calling out the people. So you had like Vader showing up and, and Sid Vicious and DDP and all these guys. So yeah. they, they were on a nostalgia trip for a while. Yeah. But now it's kind of gone away. Yeah. Now you don't ever really see it that much. Yeah. So, well, I'll, I say that. Goldberg was wrestling in the main event of WrestleMania. So I don't, well, not the main event, but Goldberg. So maybe not. Maybe they still do it. Maybe I'm just. He, he had a title run. Yeah, I'm but, talking more about the, not the super, not the main eventers, you know. I'm talking more about a glacier to come in there. You know, if Duke the Dumpster Drozzy comes into a battle royal, I, I would mark out for it. Cody Rhodes was, without a doubt, the biggest free agent in wrestling. Until this past week. He inked a uh, three-year deal, rumored, he did with uh, Ring of Honor, which you strike when the iron's hot, Patrick, and so he's still the hottest commodity right. next to, like, a Kenny Omega or New Japan people. Yeah. There's a few people I would rank ahead of Cody, but he's in the top five of most desirable people that the WWE would be interested, I'm sure, in bringing back. Yeah, they fucked up when they let him go. Yeah, and, and the whole issue with his name, I mean, they might have burned a bridge that they're not going to, he's not going to forgive them. I mean, yeah, saying you can't use your father's gimmicked last name, that is such bullshit. That is yeah. low. Yeah. But this week, he was also, so he signed his deal, and he showed up outside of Raw on Monday with the Bullet Club for the Bullet Club invasion. They showed up much like Degeneration X back in the late 90s. They didn't bring a tank, I don't think, this no. time. But they, they did bring a megaphone, and they uh, it was the Young Bucks and Cody and the other guys from the Bullet Club. I'm not even sure who's in the Bullet Club anymore. It seems like it changes all the time. A but, lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and I still don't. Other than having a really cool T-shirt yeah. and throwing up the two sweet sign, which they got a cease and desist order about this week, so they can't do that anymore. Vince thinks he owns this, even though he doesn't. Yeah. That's fine. That's another story. Outside of the cool T-shirt, I can't tell you what the Bullet Club really stands for, what their values are, what they do. It's the NWO all over again. Yeah, it's just a T-shirt. It's a really cool T-shirt. I'll give them that. Yeah. I love the Bullet Club T-shirt. Yeah, It's not like the Four Horsemen where I... I get like an idea of why these people are together yeah. and what they do when they're not in the ring. Their strategy like, behind it. You had Tully, who you know, you had 
Arn and Ollie, who were the tag. Tully was the business guys. You had the yeah. You had the the party set. man. The business guys. They all like balance each other. But yeah. the Bullet Club is just whoever's hot at the moment. Throw them that T-shirt. It, it is just like the NWO. It's just like it's identical. Yeah, yeah uh, identical. Yeah. And what I loved about it is uh, on Eric Bischoff's podcast, he said this: the dumbest thing WWE did was not open their doors and let them walk right into the arena. Well, yeah, they because he said it's. He, think about it. This day and time, it's not going to be gang warfare. But if you open the doors and let the Bullet Club walk right out to the ring on Raw... I don't even think they would walk in. See, that's, that's the, the thing. Is is You should have called their bluff and opened the door. Talk them out. Open that's, the door and say, okay, come on in. That's exactly what Eric was saying. He's like, you showed up just like you know DX. And he was making it reference to when DX did it to him. They punk, you know, he, he chicken shit it out. And he's like, I should have I punked them out. And I should have opened the door and be like, all right, come on. Because then they, they had, wouldn't, yeah. Th- they had camera footage of me closing the door, you know, and and not letting them in when I should have just been like, okay, fine, fuck, come on, you know. Yeah, that, I think it would have been great, yeah, to call their bluff because they're not gonna go in there. Hell no, they're not. And, <laughs> and then you, they, then they would have looked like fucking idiots. And you have video footage of being, uh, yeah of, of your, your competition of your company being like, oh no, you want to come in, sure, and open the door, and then they just be like, oh no, sorry, no. Yeah, mind. we were just here to. Hang out. We, yeah. we didn't want in. Yeah. So that, it was the talk of Monday, and then I, I read all these, uh, you know, dirt sheets saying, oh, Vince was very upset with all the coverage it got or whatever. I'm like, well, do something different, Vince. Do it yourself. Yeah. You have, you knew, you have the playbook. You have well, every tape library. What, you have all the plays. What kills me is the fact that Vince gets upset, but yet he did it to WCW. The exact same thing. Yeah, he knows how to do, he knows how to play this game. It's yes. not like, oh god, dang it, ah, sons of bitches showing up at my show. Vince, yeah, you did th- you did this exact same thing. Identical. Triple H, who was I guarantee you backstage that week, who was a part of it, should have walked right up to the door and been like, "I want to come in." Sure, come on. That would have been great. He should have found some army fatigue stuff and just been like. Sorry, guys. DX Army's already here. Just some yeah. stupid thing. Like, road Dog's back there. We know that. Oh, he's on SmackDown. He's not part of the Road. Uh, he's not part of the Raw tour. So I figured he would still be. Oh, SmackDown's got big problems with a uh, live gate attendance. Uh, some of the pictures coming out from this week pretty rough. Yeah, they completely the hard camera side completely blacked out. Like no one's sitting on that side. So. The side that the camera does show, that's where they sit all the people there. But even then, I mean, it looked like that house show we went to in, you know, Chattanooga. So that's not very good well, for TV that, taping. I heard that right now they're thinking about moving uh, Kevin Owens back to Raw to try to savor his career because they feel like it's really going downhill fast on SmackDown. Well, the the viewership on SmackDown has stayed about the same. It's it's just live ticket sales. People just don't want to... And I don't even think it's the product. I think it's more ticket prices versus the product. Like, do I want to spend 45 bucks to go see Jinder Mahal? You know? No. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that. Sorry. Yeah. And so, if they lowered their ticket price a little, I think they'd fill up... See, this is a problem not just with them, just with every sport. The price we paid for WrestleMania seats uh, this past year was a little over half of what we paid 
far seats in Atlanta, but we were on ground risers in Atlanta. We were we had amazing. That's the thing views. is, if you're paying over a hundred dollars a ticket, and you're talking about you're so far in the fucking nosebleeds that you can't you can't make out faces. Or... I couldn't have with my farthest. Hardest throw could not have made a baseball get anywhere near the ring from where our seats were. And that, yeah, and that's over a hundred dollars. And that's over a hundred dollars. So, I mean, I'm sure it's cheaper to go to just a, a SmackDown taping or whatever. But still, yeah, it, you still understand that. Yeah, the the markup is just, and it's it's like that in baseball or football or anything else you go to now. People are just like, fuck it, I'll just stay at home. You know, I can see you better, better at home. coverage at home than you do going to the thing live. So. Yeah. So I think that's the real problem. Especially NASCAR. NASCAR's real bad about that, right? Objectified. Objectified is out as a new show that is uh, on one of the news stations, and their first episode featured Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he's had a very interesting last few years. And if they get into it from start to finish, uh, how he got into business or how he got into the business and how he uh then with linda and then with uh with doing uh the turn and then with uh hogan knows best and then nick's car wreck and and so on and so forth they really got into his dark personal stuff and and how he how he's battled back through it and then it gets you know he opens up about the uh gawker trial and he really they spend a big chunk on that and they talk about you know here it is this was said and you said it and it was on video and do you consider yourself to be a racist do you consider yourself to if he's it was put toward. It was put to him like this: If you weren't on videotape, do you still think you would be using this word today? And he said, No. He said it was a one-time thing. I said it out of context, yeah, due to the situation at hand. And I, he he was open and honest when it was coming for when he when it was going to come out in court days in advance. He told WWE, called him up, said, Listen. It's probably going to come out. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to own up to it, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to do my best to apologize. And you know, and he goes on to say that he, I thought, for as much as I had done for Vince and for WWE, they would have my back in this. And he's really hurt over the fact that they just literally at that erased him from history. At that, yeah. at that click of a button. To hang up that phone call, his wrestling career was over. His his WWE career of any kind was over, and so uh, it really got it got very personal. Um, I got it saved at the house, so you can watch it. Uh, I would definitely recommend going on YouTube or any any place online. Just it's a, the show's called Objectified, and it features Hulk Hogan, and uh, it's. It's an hour-long preview. It shows his beach shop in Orlando, and it talks about him possibly, what's he going to do now, what's his regrets, and so on and so forth. It was very, it's a very deep, in-depth interview with Hogan. I've 
I've seen a lot of stuff of Hogan over the years. But, oh yeah, Hogan is but, no I mean, stranger to this, this media. Yeah, I've I've seen lots of stuff of Hogan over the years, but this one was straight up. I believe to the core, God's honest truth. I do think Hogan will be let back in the fold eventually. The way the company treats performers that it you know puts on the outs, you know, it, it's it's only in the mind of one man, and that's Vince McMahon. And when he determines, you can come back. And it's arbitrary. It's totally whatever he's feeling that day, you know? And so I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year or, you know, quite frankly, I mean, Vince may pass away before it happens and Triple H might have to be the one to open the door for Hulk Hogan. But I do think that they will let him back in the fold. I mean, there's no denying he's the biggest star that pro wrestling has ever produced. Yeah. I mean, The Rock is... Closing in on his gap out in Hollywood, but as far as... And Cena's right there behind them both. I think, yeah, I mean, there's potential that if Cena can accomplish what The Rock has in, Cena, in movies, I think yeah. I think you could argue that Cena has overshadowed Hogan as far as... He's already outsold him in merchandise. He's, oh, and he's, I mean, just... He's already had a longer run than Hogan, oh, believe it or not. Is, this run is in, un, it's incredible. And, and I mean... Yeah, I mean Hogan's run wasn't even his run. Hogan's run was you know seven or eight years. And it's also it's and, it's easy to have a run when the business is hot like Hogan had it. I mean I mean it was partly because Hogan was doing it, but it's easy to be on top and have a run when the company's just on fire. That's true, man. And I mean Cena's take half to, halfway through his run, the company was on its downward spiral. So and he bailed and went to WCW. And and. And right, well, I was talking about Cena oh, though. Okay. Halfway through Cena's run, his belt. Oh, I still think. I mean, and he brought it. He brought it back up. He he keeps them relevant yeah. to people that don't watch pro wrestling. Yeah, they might know who John Cena is. I think that yeah, he's definitely had the reins of this company through a lot, through a real downtime in wrestling. I'd say like post two thousand, post Benoit. Yeah, I mean. When wrestling, to me, wrestling was just flat for a few years. Yeah. And he stayed, you know. He, he could have just checked out, and he could have been phoning it in, but he's always given everything he's got for this, this company. So if he's able to go and turn it into a Hollywood career, yeah, I'd say he might be in the debate as overshadowing Hogan as far as being a face of, being the face of pro wrestling or whatever. But that's all hypothetical. What we do know is that Hulk Hogan was it. You yeah. know, is the one thing people knew about wrestling was that Hulk Hogan guy did it. You can't deny that kind of star power. And for all the baggage that he brings and everything, people have a really short-term memory. Yeah. And have probably, a lot of people have probably even forgotten that this happened. A well, lot- that's the thing is he, he talked about it wasn't even four days after the uh, after that came out. And, and with the trial and everything. And he's doing an autograph signing. And up walks Mike Tyson. And he really thought there was going to be some serious problems, you know. And Mike throws his arm around him, and he's like, Hulk, can I get a picture? There's another guy that people have short-term memory of. I mean, Mike Tyson served prison time for rape. Yeah. And we celebrate Mike Tyson. Yeah. So public perception of celebrities and what they have done, you know. Like Chris Brown beats up Rihanna. Yeah. And yet, BET has him on and gives him, hands him, you know, music awards. Yeah. And celebrities are just treated so differently on a per-case basis. You know, we 
yeah. we vilify Hulk Hogan for using the N-word, and that's terrible. But then at the same time... Vince it, turned around and used it how many times on live television, though? Let's be honest. Or just the in general mistreatment of African Americans in his company. I yeah. mean, he had Piper wear blackface. Yeah. It's just one of those things that where people went out to go see Charlie Sheen do live shows. People went to go see Mike Tyson do one-man shows. These guys are not to be honored, but yeah. they are. And so I think that... Oh, I like Charlie Sheen. I, I, I like Charlie Sheen, I too. Charlie I like Sheen Mike is, Tyson, too. But uh, yeah, I, can't. I like Tyson. Floyd Mayweather. People spent $100 to see someone that was in some alleged domestic violence. Yeah. Something that Ray Rice got kicked out of the NFL for. We said, you can't run the football anymore. Yeah. At 27 years old, that guy was out of a job forever. He's banned for life. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather, here's $100. So yeah. it's just, it's weird how we, case by case... It's just so different. And so, but I do really believe in short-term memory, you know. Yeah. If it's not in the news right now, I, I don't know. And I think most wrestling fans and most people, even if they Google, you know, Hulk Hogan and find that stuff, they're not going to care. We just, we've times, moved on. Time's passed. It's done. It's over with. Yeah. It's just like that when Triple H was discussing China going into the Hall of Fame and he said, oh, I don't want my kids, you know, Googling that. Time passes, man. She made mistakes. She did stuff. But at some point you just say... Fuck it and move on. Yeah. Because we're all human, you know, and we all, some mistakes are greater than others, but we just have to accept things and move along, you know. And so I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back eventually. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I thought as well. Uh, Marty Gennetti. Yeah, the other half of the Rockers. Yeah. Uh, he went through the glass window of the barbershop. He did. He jumped. He was scared of Shawn Michaels and he, he jumped through jumped the window. He jumped through the window. Yeah, that's right. Head first. Yeah. Going through that glass head first has kind of knocked him a little silly. I think so. I, I love Marty to death and good friend of mine. But uh, now this happened a few weeks ago, so he gets on social media. He I don't, does. I don't know if it was his. I think it was his Facebook. Page. It was his personal Facebook page. Yes. And so he asked for some uh, friendly advice about he uh, what he should do with this girl. He did. And he said, "Hey, turns out this girl's not my daughter. Should I sleep with her?" And Patrick, what, what came to my mind when originally this this is getting picked up by news outlets this week for some reason. I guess they're just cycling through. I guess. Um, what came to my mind was there are some things you just don't ask advice about. <laughs> there are just some things that you don't you you have to take with you to the grave. Right. And this is one of them. Yes. And he made a very big mistake by doing that. But as far as you know, there's nothing legally wrong with it. It's a question of morals. Well, and, and uh, apparently they had both already discussed this when she was, quote unquote, his daughter, and they that was the only thing stopping them. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, that, yeah. That's, the incest portion was the only thing stopping them, and now that they're not incest anymore. Green light. It's green light, let's all, all systems go. But that's something, so. <laughs> like I say, there's just some things you don't ask advice about, you know? There's some things that... You just have to keep private. I mean, even when you go to the doctor, sometimes you just don't tell the doctor, there's a toy car in my butt, or stuff like that. You just, you keep things quiet. You just say, or how you got injured. You don't say, well, I was drunk, and I was in a pig farm, and one thing led to another. <laughs> squeal like a piggy. <laughs> yeah, squeal like a piggy, Vince. You just don't, some things you have to take to the grave, Patrick. Yeah, that's true. And, that's uh, very true. Do you think Marty will be forgiven and opened back up with open arms? Uh, no, this is uh, this is somebody who has repeatedly 
burnt his... Uh, he's had the door open for him so many times. And for all that Hogan has done to the company, he's really only burnt his bridge three or four times. Maybe five. Marty has burnt it dozens. I'd say hundreds of times Marty has burnt the bridge. And uh, very erratic behavior in the past few years, like that time that he... I think it was at a WrestleCon, not this past year, but maybe a year or two before that. Like, he fell in a fountain in the middle of WrestleCon and, you know, drunk and disorderly conduct and just a bizarre string of behavior. I mean, this is just right in line with a lot of Marty Jannetty stories from the past few years, so. Yes. Yes, it is. So, yeah. Uh, Marty, get your, get your shit together, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm sorry that you were the one that went through the window. Because if Sean went through the barbershop, history would have been told, like alternate <laughs> timelines, you know? Like, history. can you imagine in a parallel universe where we're like, oh man. We're talking about Sean like Can you this. imagine that WrestleMania 25 match between Janetti and Taker, you know? Like, <laughs> just in some alternate universe, he succeeded, you know? Yeah. But I'll be like, oh, Sean Michaels, what a scrub. Yeah. He needs to get his shit together. Yeah, this is. Who knew that? I'd, I mean, who knew that? A wrestling angle could totally change the trajectory of your life, but it's happened it's multiple happened. times. It really has. It's crazy how I mean this is a this is a fictional world that they go into to work. You know, they clock in and this is not supposed to be part of their world. But then it turns into their real life, you know, like going through the glass window of the barber shop sent Marty Janetti into a downward spiral. You well, know, he did I, come back and win the Intercontinental title. I understand that, but he never, you know, he never got back to the, where he was before right. he got sent through that window. Right, and then they they put him with the new Rockers with Al Snow. Or then you have like uh, poor Andrew Martin, you know, with yeah. the Stephanie wedding angle, getting left at the altar. Over, like your career that just killed, that killed his career. It's just crazy to me that that That's one true. all it takes is one angle, and you're just never the same. Yeah, one thing. Uh, you know, you, you do one finger poke at a WCW Nitro, all hell breaks loose, you're out of business in two years. <laughs> it's nuts. It's nuts how it works, but that's how life goes. Marty, keep some things to yourself. <laughs> you know what? I wonder if Marty Janetti is going to be part of the uh, WWE 2K18 oh, is he DLC? Is he downloadable DLC? characters. Is he now? Could uh, he be? No, he missed the cut. Just missed it. I'm Damn! Sure. I wonder if his daughter is. Uh, are they intergender tag teams? There you or, go. I uh, know. In the DLC, the list is out. The entire roster is now out. Yes. And some of the highlights from the DLC package: you have uh, Drew McIntyre, the Hardy Boys, Gibson, and Morton, the, the Rock and Roll Express, Bubba. So you have then you have like an alternate Kurt Angle. Uh, you have RVD. You have uh, some stuff, but there's just some, like we say every year, with the, it's you can give me 200 wrestlers, but the, if you forget one, that's all I, it's like a mental hang-up of mine. Like, I just think like... Yeah, we even have the fabulous Freebirds. Without Terry Gordy. And I'm kind of disappointed they didn't put a single one of their UK wrestlers in, in the game. No Pete Dunne, no Tyler Bate, no UK but title. But yet, the UK title is going to be in the game. That's just lazy to me. Like, Yeah, that's that. the UK title will be in the game. And they have Jinder Mahal, but no Singh brothers to walk him out. Forgetting stuff just to forget it. I almost feel like they do it on purpose. But Well, let's see. We've got Bret Hart, Goldberg. we got Dusty Rhodes. Are you talking about just some of the legends? Yeah, just some of the legends. Yeah, I mean, new legends for this year... Include, of course, Ed Leslie, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, 
Yeah. And then we have... Who's the mo- been in games in the past, but hasn't... Rick the Model Martell. Now, that one I'm pretty pumped about, that Rick Martell is going to be. Like you say, you know, they forget Terry Gordy, and that's all you can think about. You're like, man, I'd really like to play as the Freebirds, especially now that they're putting in the four-person tags and the three-person tags. Well, what tags. kills me is they've put in the uh, the Heart Foundation, and then they want you to actually consider doing the Bulldogs, but yet we don't have any Dynamite Kid. Yeah, well, I mean... Outs with the company. Can't can't get them in there. You know, you can't have Demolition, Axe and Smash. You can't have... Do we have a Trish in this year's game? Yes. Uh, on the women's side. Trish we... is back. Trish is back. But unfortunately, no Legion of Doom. No LOD. LOD wasn't last year either. No. No, no LOD. But we do have Paul Ellering as a manager in this year's game. Oh, right, because he... The Authors of Pain, he's their manager currently, yeah. so... So you could possibly del you know you can make your own road warrior animal and hawk or download them because yeah. I can't make shit you know yeah. I just oh that looks close enough I'll just download that so <laughs> and then yeah. just tweak it to the way you want it yeah a lot of uh, I feel like they just missed a lot of uh, people thunder and Sunday night heat coming to the network soon coming to the network Rumor. until this what happened they are now in the process of having to cancel that. And they're not going to be coming to the network due to the fact that Buff Bagwell and, and Raven, Raven... Oh, they want royalties, yeah. Want royalties. Yeah, they're suing them. And there are multiple others jumping on board. Yeah, so it's going to be a class action lawsuit. We, I've seen some of this. Uh, there's a guy I follow on Twitter, Chris Harrington, that goes out and gets the actual lawsuit documents and scans them, and then you can look at them. It's really interesting stuff. Like a few weeks ago, he put one up that... Showed how much Bobby Heenan got paid, like next to because Jesse Ventura sued them over his pay a long time ago, and Jesse Ventura and Gorilla made more than Bobby Heenan on commentary. It's crazy, but he probably had a performer's contract too. So, uh, yeah, so they are suing for royalties, but they're not going to get them. I think those will still come to the network. There was a clause in their contract that said. You're not going to get royalties for this and f- any other future technologies not yet created. That is some language in your contract that they could have... I think they did it as far back as like 96, maybe, put this yeah. in contracts. So that means even for something like... The, even something that we haven't thought of yet, yeah. you won't be getting any money for it. And quite frankly, they've never paid royalties based on sales of videotapes you know you don't the performers don't get a cut of that that's just always been how they operated and if they were to start paying out royalties it would ruin their business they it would ruin the network as far as the archives model i mean their current more recent stuff i'm sure they have even more language in their contracts saying you won't get the money so the more recent stuff would be fine but their archives would go out the window because they're not gonna they're not gonna pay up and look i hate it for Raven and and Marcus Alexander Bagwell, but that's how it's always been. Yeah, and it's not news, you know, to me, or to, it shouldn't be news to them that guess what? We're not going to pay you to use your image and stuff because that's just the independent contractor thing with pro wrestling. That's just how it is. Yeah, you know, they'll still cut you merch checks if they sell merch for you, and they'll still take care of you in the other ways that they've said, but. It's not like being a regular actor that's represented by a union that gets royalties for being on a TV show. If if Marcus Bagwell went on 
days of our lives, he would get a royalty check for that from the future. But this isn't that. That's just not their business model. So I think that stuff's going to come to the network. I think this lawsuit's going to get dropped or it's going to get... WWE has enough money to where they can just bleed you dry and keep you in limbo in court. Oh, yeah. Forever. That's what they're doing with the CM Punk thing. They're just going to drain you of money forever. They're going to delay the trial. They're going to ask for discovery documents. They're just going to drag it out so it's as miserable as possible. And eventually you'll just say, fuck it. And throw your hands up because you're paying these attorneys. Attorneys aren't cheap. No. And guess what? The company has a lot more money than you and probably better lawyers than you and are just going to drain you to wear you down. And so I hate it for them because I think personally, my opinion is they should get royalties. Yeah. From being on television because that's how it should work. Such is the life of being a pro wrestler. I mean, that's you have to do this because you love it as as a performer. Because the money, it might come for you. You might get some money. But when your heyday, when your time in the ring is done... It's done. You, you better have set some aside because there's no more coming in. Yeah. That that ship has sailed. So I feel sorry for Raven and, and Marcus Bagwell. But also, at the same time, you, you think about it, these guys worked for WCW. Yeah. They had six-figure contracts those years. They... Bagwell... Bagwell and Raven ended up in the WWE at different times and for different lengths of time. Where'd the money go? I hate to put it that way, but yeah. it's hard to feel sorry. It's it's hard to find empathy for guys no, that made, right. maybe not in a year, but in the course, they were a millionaire. Or they, I've never made six figures a year, so yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to find. You have to manage your money well when you know there's probably not going to be any more of it. Yeah. So, you're right. And so I hope that that doesn't delay. I want my thunder. Okay, I pay my ten fucking dollars. I want thunder. I've been well, bitching about thunder for what you do with the money I give you. I don't know. I don't care. I want the thunder. I want. Oh, we'll be doing a lot of thunders when they pop up. I'm, I'm guaranteeing. Oh boy, that. I don't know whether to be excited or to be uh, filled with fear. The uh, but last but not least, the Hell in the Cell pay per view next Sunday. Yeah, don't, Shane I have, and Kevin Owens. I have no idea what the card is. Don't even really care. Shane, Kevin Owens. That's pretty much the only match that matters. Yeah. Who's your pick? I definitely feel like Kevin Owens should win this. I'm going with Shane. Because all roads seem to point to Triple H and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Because ultimately, this is about a wrestler versus the McMahons. This is... I thought we were going to go with uh, with uh, Angle and Triple H. Yeah, well, I thought if if they were going to let Angle back to wrestle, it will be Triple H. But, I mean, since this is the direction they seem to be going, I think it's going to be Kevin Owens. I don't think Angle's getting back in the ring this year, it doesn't seem like. Being a GM on Raw, they haven't given him much to really do. Yeah. Like, this past week, he was in one backstage scene. That was it. Yeah. Oh, and he came out at the, the star of the show and... Made a match after two guys got into an argument. That was it. I just don't know that we're going to see him back in the ring at WrestleMania. They might even... It doesn't even have to be at WrestleMania. It could be, you know, if they they put on two WrestleMania-hyped events at this past, at No Mercy. They put on, you know, Cena and Reigns, which could have easily been a WrestleMania main event. Yeah. And Strowman and Lesnar, in my opinion, probably could have been this year's 
main event at WrestleMania or one of the title matches. That's okay. First of all, that that match was so much bullshit because well, he hits one F five to see. Yeah, the two that's guys. what I'm saying. One F five to beat Strowman is ridiculous. Well, it only takes one spear to beat John Cena, so. That's you can see where they're going here. But if they're really serious about boosting these B pay-per-views up, they might burn Kurt Angle on a B pay-per-view. That roadblock end of the line, here comes Kurt Angle. That, that Yeah, it's true. You remember WCW Mayhem, right? Remember, WWE Mayhem will be ringing in your ears very soon. What? And leave it at that. WWE Mayhem will be ringing in your ears. They're going to revive that? Very soon. Okay, well, this was your pick this week. This was, yes. We went back. I couldn't believe this. We went back to Cleveland, Ohio for a pay-per-view. We have been to Cleveland, Ohio <laughs> for like, I, out of these 52 episodes, Th- I would say... 30 of them had to have been from Cleveland. It seems like everything happens... <laughs> in Cleveland, Ohio. At the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio, and that is where we went for... We might have to do a show from... Gun during I need to go Ohio. there and see what all the fuss is about because yeah. every pay per view seems to happen there. Yeah. We're going to go to No Mercy 1999. I picked a Raw from October of 98. You picked one from October of 99. So almost a year to the date. Like the, yeah. the Raw was from October 19th, 98. This is October 17th, 99. This was and there my... is a rematch on this show from that Raw yes. with the exact same outcome. Yes. What are the odds of that? Yeah. That is really weird to me. This is uh, this is my nod to uh, to the new video game coming out. Seeing as how it's uh, WWF No Mercy video game was right, and coming off the heels of 2017's No Mercy, so yeah. it all ties together. Right. So. In front of eighteen thousand seven hundred and forty-two people, this show did three hundred and twenty-seven thousand eight hundred and thirty-five buys. That was not very good for the year. In fact, it was the lowest of the year for some reason. That's not good. Triple H isn't putting butts in the seats, Patrick. It's really weird. <laughs> now, actually, I'm surprised this didn't sell better because yeah, I you am have too. the return of Austin. I really am, too. And it was a great main event, I think. Uh, the main event really delivered on this card. But I think the whole card delivered, actually. Okay, well, uh, there was uh, definitely some slow parts for me, especially uh, here in the opening few rounds. Godfather and Midian right out the gate. <laughs> oh, it's how to start a night off hot. It's not naked Midian, at least. So Thank God. So, of course, the opening montage, more war stuff, Patrick. It's all about war. Raw oh, is yeah. war, pay-per-views yeah. are war, bombs are going off, everything. So Fire, flames going everywhere. Yeah, so a typical opening for... A ninety-eight, ninety-nine pay-per-view here. In case you're wondering where The Undertaker was, he was injured. He was getting ready for his uh, biker-taker run here. Yeah. But we had already reviewed uh, Unforgiven, and he was on the poster for that one, and yeah. he didn't wrestle or show up yeah. at all. He had right. quit the company, in quotation marks. Yeah. So, and his protege, The Big Show, who, you know, threw a motorcycle up on his shoulder and walked through the desert later on in his career... He's not on this show either. What could they be saving him for? Who knows? I have to wait and see. Stick, stay tuned for the big show return. Spoiler alert for Survivor Series. You talk about card subject to change, bait and switch. Survivor Series 99. Yeah. When you advertise Austin and get the big show. Boy, that is not a good night. That would 
the first pay-per-view I ever saw was on, um, you know, my friend had one of those descrambler boxes. His yeah. dad borrowed it from a friend, so we only had it for the show. And it was No Way Out of Texas, 98. Sean was supposed to be in an eight-man tag. Didn't show up. Yeah. Savio fucking Vega. Yeah. That's what I got. Yeah. That's my introduction to pay-per-view. <laughs> So, I understood card subject... You got screwed over at the start. Yeah, I understood card subject to change very much. J.R. and King are on commentary, of course. Godfather is out to take on Midian, who comes out with Viscera now. So, the Ministry of Darkness is in shambles here. Yes. It's all falling apart. It is. But they're and still all hanging out together. And we found out during this run that Viscera does not like women of any kind. No, he's not interested in the hose. No, and that Midian likes dead farm animals. That's what Godfather implies. He gets in Midian's face and says, I don't have any dead farm animals, so I'm just going to kick your ass. This match was made on heat tonight, so there's your, there's your build for an opening match. That I could feel the excitement in the crowd. Hey, I, I'm ready for Sunday Night Heat to come back so we can see these last-minute matchmakers. Oh, thank goodness. There was a lot of Heat highlights on this show. We, we went back a lot to one hour ago. The main event tonight was also made into a no-DQ match on Heat. So, man, a lot of shit is happening right before the show. Yeah, Sunday Night Heat is when shit gets done. We get a big power slam from Godfather to Midian. Godfather teases the hoe train... But gets distracted by Viscera, who was messing about with the hose. Hey, stay off my hose, pal. Midian locks in a rest hold to slow Godfather down. Viscera then cheap shots the Godfather. Godfather tries the hoe train, but Midian throws a boot up and stops that hoe train. Viscera then cheap shots Godfather again. Midian misses a second rope elbow. This man should not come off the ropes in his condition. Scoop slam and a leg drop to Midian from Godfather. Gets a two count. Godfather tries a Vader bomb, but Midian gets his knees up. Viscera smacks into the post trying to hit Godfather on the outside of the ring. Godfather then climbs back in, hits the hoe train on Midian, and wins the match in a match that happened. It was a rough match. This, You're right. This was a rough start. This yeah. is... Uh... Man, pimps were just so popular in the late 90s and early 2000s. Like, as far as, like, Halloween costumes, yeah, you know, yeah. there were songs like 50 Cent, like, P-I-M-P. Like, everybody was all about pimps. You don't hear shit about pimps anymore. There's no pimp culture that we really no. talk about anymore. Pimping, pimping ain't easy. It ain't easy. I guess it got a lot harder after Godfather <laughs> got out of the business. Triple H had on some ridiculous makeup. Where he confronted Stone Cold about injuring him. I guess he took Make, a... Makeup? Wait. You mean to tell me he really didn't get bit by the snake? Oh, this was the rattlesnake. Oh, uh. God. I forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't realize what they were referencing, but... The yeah. snake didn't bite him in the bathroom? He left him in the room with the snake. Oh, it was the worst. Oh, my God. <laughs> Macho Man snake angle with Jake was the best snake angle. It will never be repeated. You can't. Oh, I know. Well... Animal rights people be all over your ass for doing that, but <laughs> so they they tried to do they tried to capture some of that magic, but yes. instead of doing it on the we can't do it on the camera. Okay, okay, okay. I'll just leave you in this room with this snake, and we'll. So okay, so it's a locker room with the showers attached. They're getting into a fist fight. I'm going to give you the build-up here. They're getting into a fist fight. Austin gets pissed off. They're going through the locker room. Austin throws him into the the room with the showers and slams the door shut. 
cuts the lights off. Well, before he cuts the lights off, you see a timber rattler rattlesnake right Ready to strike. Right, you know, pissed off and ready to strike right at, you know, around the corner, but quote unquote. <laughs> In the vicinity of Quote Triple. unquote, right at Triple H's <laughs> head. And so the lights go out and. We're just to assume what had happened. Yes. Theater of the mind. Yeah. So this was the, the poor man's version of the Jake the Snake snake bite angle. So Triple H, now I'm glad that Triple H ripped this makeup off because I knew I was going to get into an argument with you about whether this was a fucking real injury or not. (laughs) When I first saw it, I said, that looks fake as shit. And Patrick's going to fucking buy it. Thank goodness Triple H ends the argument for us and he rips off the makeup and beats up Stone Cold. I knew it was Bullshit. I knew it was Whatever. You were like, I I I imagine little Patrick (laughs) sitting there. Whoa! I just imagine your I know mind it was, was fake, blown. but here's the deal, people. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Real quick. Here's a t- This is real life, honest to God, little secret. You know, you will never hear me say again. Not everything in wrestling is real. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm glad we have that on tape from you saying that. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> so Triple H gives a promo on Heat about ripping up the rattlesnake's head off. This is what you did to me, alright? This, this, this belt, it doesn't mean my life. It's not worth my life to me. I'm just saying this to you. I'm not going to want it this way. You're going to get it this way. Here's the championship. Take it. What that makes me happy. He's attacked Austin. Wait, wait, what's he doing? What's he doing? He's doing his face. Well, ladies and gentlemen, earlier tonight we had the opportunity to catch up with Triple H and get his reaction to what he did to Austin on Thursday Night SmackDown. I'm on top of the world. Did you see what happened Thursday night? Did you, did you honest to God see what happened Thursday night? Come on, that was an Oscar-winning performance. You gotta admit it, right? I made you a believer, right? Women were crying in the front row. Women actually believed a snake bit my face right here and, and, and ended my career. You know what happened to that snake? It tried to bite me. Just like rattlesnakes do, they tried to bite you. What I did is I ripped its head off and threw it in the trash, just like I'm gonna tonight. The fact of the matter is, is I pulled the wool over everybody's eyes, including Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, the man with the balls the size of grapefruits, stood in the ring before me and said, I'm so sorry, Triple H, I'm sorry, I didn't know. What a maroon. He's the biggest idiot. He's not the biggest idiot. You know who the biggest idiot is? Austin. Because I walked into that dressing room, I stood face to face with Austin, and I saw the sorrow in his eyes. He looked at my eyes and he felt bad for me. Right up until the point I busted him open with the belt and put the boots to him. He's the biggest idiot walking. Well, Triple H, with that said, you angered a lot of people on SmackDown, including the Texas Rattlesnake. Yeah, I angered a lot of people. You don't even get it, do you? You don't have a clue. I can see it right now looking at you. You don't have a clue as to what I'm doing. Think about this. I have made Austin the most pissed off he has ever been in his life. 
I humiliated him in front of the world. I put him beneath me in front of the world. This is the maddest he has ever been in his life. And sure, he's gonna come out there all full of himself, and he might get a sh few shots in on me, you know? He might give me a little rough time, but the reality of it is when it's said and done, I'm gonna walk out the WWF Championship with it around my waist. Yes. He killed that snake. Just to piss it off, I bet he bit it off. He he probably pedigreed it, of course. He does his, <laughs> he hit his finisher on the snake. How does he hit the, just grabs the, the rattler? Oh, I guess he rolls it, he coils it around his arms, I guess, and then... And then just drives its head first into the... <laughs> I don't know, but I... He needs his move. He calls Vince an idiot and yes. calls Stone Cold an idiot as well. Yes. Michael Cole is out with Ivory, who is the women's champion. She's going to be defending the belt against... None other than the one and only Fabulous Moolah. The longest reigning women's champion in WWF history. She retired as champion. Twice. Moolah is accompanied by May to take on Ivory. Ivory dropkicks Moolah, who was not anywhere near this dropkick. This was a uh, a bad start to this match. She was moving at the speed of Slug. Uh, Moolah? Yes. Well, damn, she's 75 years old at this no point. No excuses. Me damn boy. <laughs> Look, I'm a ring general. You're going to pick up the pace, Granny. I've, You know, honest to God, I felt sorry for for Ivory because Ivory was probably afraid to really... Yes, this is a terrible spot to be in. Yeah. With both... Uh, and Mae Young took big bumps in this. Yeah, that's the thing. And so did uh, so did uh, Moolah, too. But May, God, man, May was falling from the ring apron all the way to the floor. I mean, she was taking some hard bumps. That, this is why it's the May Young Classic and not the Moolah Classic, because, but, look, someone can bump a little bit better here. But Moolah, though, still, though, Moolah... Ivory was in the spot, in a bad spot. If she hurts Moolah, then... She's going to feel terrible. She's going to feel terrible about it. But at the same time, anybody who knows any wrestler from those the, the golden age of wrestling, like Moolah and May, till the day they die, they're going to tell you to lay that shit in. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure she was getting read the riot act in the ring by Moolah telling her, listen, bitch, hit me harder. And so... I don't see envision Moolah saying, hit me harder, bitch, but... I, I see her... I I see Moolah doing it. I May do. distracts Ivory and gets drop kicked off the apron. So, yes. big bump for May. Yes. Almost 80-year-old May Young takes a fall from the apron. And then Ivory hits a Pescado to Moolah on the outside, so she takes her big bump. Moolah then flings Ivory over the guardrail. Well, she sort of gently shoved Ivory, who flinged over the guardrail. May then takes a forearm shot from Ivory. Jeez. Battering old women. Yeah. This is what the people love. Ivory grabs the belt to belt shot Moolah. Ivory, the much younger, much faster world champion, needs to be dirty. Resort to dirty tactics to beat... Listen, fabulous Moolah. Listen, man, Moolah was Moolah's tough in the day, but this is a seventy-year-old <laughs> lady. But May stops her, grabs the belt. May Young stops her and takes the belt shot. She gets a belt shot for yes, her trouble, and then Moolah allows Moolah to roll up and get the win. A schoolgirl roll up. Oh, 
One, two, three, and your new WWF Women's Champion, the Fabulous Moolah. On the same show you have a woman winning the Intercontinental title, you've taken the women's title and said, we don't care about this, here you go. Oh, see, I think you're wrong, man. Having Moolah or May win the women's title again, that's that's pretty cool. That's adding prestige and honor back to Well, it. it does set a record for their oldest champion ever, so that's something. That probably still stands. Yeah. I don't know. How old was Piper And when Piper and... Uh, oh, the tag? Yo, he was definitely younger. He didn't make it to his 70s. That's true. Yeah. They show a clip from Heat of Vince making the title match a no DQ. The New Age Outlaws are out to take on the Hollies. Hardcore and his cousin Crash. Weighing in a combined 800 pounds, allegedly. Yeah. I see it. Because Crash is like 500 himself. Yeah, he's a super heavyweight. He's a super heavyweight. All five foot of him. They brawl on the outside of the ring. Or Gunn is wearing sheer shorts and a thong. Unique ring attire. Have you ever worn sheer I have shorts and a thong to referee a match? It might no. be a little distracting, I guess. I have not. Well, you don't want the ladies to be going crazy the whole exactly, match. Exactly, man. It would cause chaos. People would be attacking the ring like they did at NXT last week and everything else. It would be bad. Road Dog hits the shake, rattle, and roll punches to crash. Road Dog gets thrown out to Hardcore Holly, who cheap shots him. Bob tags in and puts Road Dog in a delayed vertical suplex, which uh, Road Dog posted up for for felt like hours. It was a very nice one. Crash and Hardcore get the heat on Road Dog for ages. Road Dog is in this match like the entire time. Hardcore goes up to the top turnbuckle looking for a splash, but Road Dog boots him. Hardcore hits his textbook dropkick, a beautiful dropkick. One of the best in the business. I will give Hardcore Holly that. Oh, Hardcore Holly throws the best dropkick, I think, ever. Hardcore goes upstairs but gets crotched by Road Dog, who then superplexes him. I didn't know Road Dog could do this. <laughs> Gun finally gets the hot tag, a press slam to Bob, a press slam to Crash. Then splashes each of them, lays a jackhammer to Crash, but Hardcore slides in a chair, and Crash Holly gets famassered into the chair, and the Hollies get the DQ win, even though the Outlaws seem to have thought that was perfectly legal. They yeah. were very surprised by this outcome. Now, I've got a question for you. Who was your favorite Outlaw? Oh, well, I think... Mine's a quick answer. Oh, Road Dog, I think yeah, Road I like Dog. better. Because okay. he was the one that had the catchphrases, and he was fun, and he had dreadlocks, and he... Who was your favorite Holly? Oh, that's tougher. <laughs> uh, I can't I pick. really liked Crash Holly's hardcore title 24-7 thing for yeah. comedy. Yeah. I, mean, I, can't, I can't pick. I love them both so much. Jeez. Oh, I, I do. Not, I, I don't think... No, I do, because I, I really think Bob Holly is one of the one of this generation's true badasses to step in a wrestling ring. Yeah, I think he's a big bully. That's why I don't like him. So I like Crash because he's he's the everyman. He's the little man. He's always the underdog. Even though he's an underdog, he's the super heavyweight. I did like the carrying out the scale. I thought that was always That was cool always, thing. yeah. Very entertaining. Of course, Outlaws, even though they lost the match, we can't let them get any heat on us. No. So they get their heat back by putting the boots to Hardcore Holly in a match that Billy Gunn might have been injured or something. Why is he not? He never. He didn't, he didn't get in the match anything. until the very end. Yeah, he so didn't do hardly anything. If the match had been booked more like where he got in and did some work with uh, Bob Holly, I think it would have been a much better match, but... The Outlaws, they had already broken up and they've gotten back together at this point. So it's like, 
they're just spinning their their wheels. I mean, DX isn't really a thing anymore, you know, so it's... The one Billy Gunn was still yet to come, so... Time for a good housekeeping match. It's Jeff Jarrett versus China for the Intercontinental title. A very legendary moment in wrestling history is about to unfold. You know why? You know why? Because Jeff Jarrett is going to show every woman in the entire world that her place is at home in the kitchen cooking me dinner. WWF Good Housekeeping matchup coming up momentarily. I can't wait. For the Intercontinental Title King. And this is the most unique match perhaps we've ever, we've ever brought to. And here's what happened. They brought Jeff Jarrett and China together. Jarrett can't beat China one-on-one. So he's going to use the guitar to put China down. There's Moolah. The referee's down, China's down, Moolah's down. Oh, she, she hit, she, she shot Miss, Miss Kitty. Look at this. Oh, hello. Deborah just knocked out the Intercontinental Champion with his guitar. Jared's going to leave the belt. No. Yes, indeed. Jared has lost the belt. China has done it. China has made history. Wait a minute. Tom Pritchard is the head scab referee king, as we mentioned. Tom Pritchard is reversing the decision. This is going to cost her big. He's the head scab. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned king. But she's not leaving with the intercontinental belt. Let's go, China. Run and hide like every other woman would and should do. Jared has issued a challenge for Tom Pritchard and Jared to meet China and Deborah. What can you believe that? If I pin you in this ring tonight, Jeff, I get my rematch at no mercy for the Intercontinental title. Or maybe you don't have the balls. There ain't a chance in hell you're going to beat me. Yes! China beats Jeff Jarrett! I can't believe it! China has earned the right to meet Jarrett at no mercy for the Intercontinental title! China, you're going to get your rematch, all right. But it's going to be the good housekeeping way. You will understand the role of a woman because I'm going to beat you with every household appliance known to woman. If there's any woman out here tonight that wants to get their carpet clean, well, come on up in here. Jeff is sending a message to China right now with his back. Garrett is just off the page here tonight. What the hell has gotten into Jeff Jarrett? A figure four. I'll put you all back in your place. No doubt Jarrett is sending a message loud and clear to China. Jarrett will show no mercy on his challenger for the Intercontinental title. Women are weak and men are the dominant species. Jarrett just hit China with a coffee urn and China may be knocked unconscious here, King. Jared, is that a, that was a toaster, King! China, China's getting hers! Oh my gosh! Oh my! Into the irony board! Close oh, line! China! I'm not intimidated or afraid of anybody. Jared's gonna get his here! Jeff Jarrett 
just took Jared's pants off. No, she did. Jared knocked out China with a toaster, and then he shoved her in that that laundry bin. China's in that laundry now, bin. Wait, Miss Kitty's yelling. No, look at that. No, no. China. It has become oh so painfully obvious that you still haven't learned what the role of a woman should be. Right. This is the woman beater Jeff Jarrett character. And this is also the match that he held Vince McMahon up for, much like the Ultimate Warrior did that time. Well, Jeff did the same thing. His contract had ended on Saturday. It was now Sunday. Yep. Hey, Vince, I can't work for you on Sunday. Oh, why the hell is that? Contract's over. Can't do it. Oh, gotta have you put China over. How much do you want? I'll take uh, about a quarter million dollars. Ah, Okay. I can't believe Vince paid the guy. Was it really a quarter million dollars? It was a lot of money from everything that's been reported. I mean... I knew it was a lot, but I had never heard a full... You're probably right, though. A quarter million... So, inadvertently, Vince just started TNA wrestling here. I know Warrior asked for a half. Half a million. And so... Yeah, uh, I guess continuing the lineage of the Intercontinental title was important to Vince. I mean, I mean, the Intercontinental title is the working man's champion. That's like the U.S. title. But you could have easily just said, Jeff got injured, he vacated it. Here's D'Lo Brown. <laughs> I mean, they isn't it weird though that they'll easily they don't mind swapping out you know Shawn Michaels for Savio Vega, or they don't mind swapping out Austin for Big Show. But this Intercontinental title, oh, we really need you. Yeah, well, no, you've got to ruin the reputation of the next person. That's what it boils down to. You've I know, to- but I I personally wouldn't have paid. I would have just said, Jeff got hurt. That's that's that. Or this just, is when Jeff went back to WCW after he, this. The very next week, he was uh, on Nitro because Vince Russo had gone the month before. And so he wanted his boy. His uh, broke a thousand guitars, didn't draw a dime. He wanted him. WCW slap nuts slap ass slap nuts god I hated that I still hate it what does it even do is it know, an insult I don't is, know but I really do want a slap nuts t-shirt <laughs> one of those foam guitars may be coming your way if I can ever find it well we saw what happened at Unforgiven we watched that match that was when Jeff screwed China out of the belt last month yeah he uh, had those scab referees Dr. Tom Pritchard fucking people over yeah, I think Tom was on the pay. He showed him the instant replay and got the uh, decision reversed last month. So China really should have won last month anyway. Jared is out with Miss Kitty and a kitchen sink. He brought everything and the kitchen sink. Yeah, he's got every single thing out there now. China is out with a broom and a garbage can, which is where this match should have stayed, <laughs> in a garbage can. China, much like Billy Gunn, is going to wrestle in a thong. China hits an inverted atomic drop and a vertical suplex. She grabs a garbage can and decks Jarrett with it a few times. She clotheslines him with the broom that she brought to the ring, clotheslines him with it outside the ring, and then hits him with a frying pan. Ouch. Puts a toilet seat around Jeff Jarrett's neck. Now, this is funny, though, that Vince paid him and then made him look like an idiot out here. Like... You're going to WCW to be a top guy, so that might have been part of it. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think you had to make him look like shit. Or he could have left and been like, well, this, you know, he didn't want me to. If he leaves without losing and losing badly, it's word against word. And and so he, that's, 
this is why it was worth it, I guess, to bring yeah. him, make him look like an idiot. To make him look like shit, because he did, he made Jeff Jarrett look like he, shit. Yeah, he had match. a toilet seat or he made him yeah. literally be shit. He literally shit. took an, an egg cake omelet to the head. I mean... <laughs> and China shoved a banana in his mouth. Yes. I mean, this is... I mean, this, they, they really made Jeff Jarrett look bad. China clears some shit off the table that's supposed to be, I guess... It's all supposed to represent a kitchen. Yes. It's, uh, ringside, there's a table with some shit on it. Yes. Like a blender and a cooker and all Toaster. that Toaster. Yeah. So she clears that shit off the table and then tries an elbow drop from the apron but misses it and sends herself through the table. Jarrett covers her outside the ring and gets a two count, so apparently Teddy Long decides this is a false count anywhere match. Jarrett hits China with a fish, a flounder. It was a it was a half of a flounder. Bizarre. And who, she had to sell it. Who first of all, that thing had to stink terrible. Yeah. I wouldn't I mean, want to take that because of the smell, honestly. I mean, I guess they're just going to take a shower after anyway. Still, though, I wouldn't. But who thought to get... <laughs> Listen, I'm going to go to the farmer's market real quick before the show Oh, tonight. shit. We, d- we get- didn't buy anything for this fucking good housekeeping match. Go get some stuff. Give me give me a half of a flounder. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get it? It's I'm, a flounder, damn it. I'm going to make her take it across the face. <laughs> Like, really? Okay. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Miss Kitty is making a cake. Yes, Miss Kitty's making a cake. And so... She cracks some eggs and she puts some milk. She's got the batter going and uh, she's ready to apply the flour. And Jeff is like, hey, I'll take some flour. So he puts it in his hands, but China knocks it into his face and also into her face. So now everyone is covered in flour and the fans' face, because they were really close to that guardrail. That rail. sucks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> China then takes the cake batter and dumps it on Miss Kitty. Jarrett tries to figure four. He gets it. But here's a big uh, hole in this whole storyline here. China gets to the ropes and gets a rope break in a match where a man had a banana shoved in his mouth. Yes. A rope break in a good... Just like at the house, you know, when you're tired of doing something, you just grab the rope in the house, I guess. That's what I do. So Jarrett grabs <laughs> some tongs from Miss Kitty. You know where this is going. <laughs> gets low-blowed, and then China grabs Jarrett's dick with the tongs. Yes. A young Joey Ryan was sitting at home taking notes. What can I do with my dick? <laughs> Jarrett then slingshots China out of a pedigree attempt... And Teddy Long, for no reason at all, takes a ref bump. Jeff Jarrett says, hey, Miss Kitty, grab me that belt. So he takes the IC belt, belt shots China. One, two, three. Jarrett has retained the Intercontinental title. That's very weird that this man that has no contract will retain this title. Yes. Teddy Long. He's a stickler for the rules, this guy. He, he understands that belt rope is, breaks. That belt is not a household item. The match must restart. Yes. But see, I, br- I bring my belt home, so my, my... It is true. It does go home It with does you. go home, so it's part of my home, you know, my... You probably have it in a trophy case. Yeah, you know? my good housekeeping home. I mean... Jared does have an argument here. Just saying. If he had stuck around in the company, I would have loved to have seen where this went. Jared is upset with Teddy. He's going to put Teddy in a figure four. I don't know why. And then China. Goes and gets a guitar. Now, is a, a guitar may or may not be at your house, depending on if you're... I guess it's at Jeff Jarrett's house, so it counts as a household item. But the IC title would have also been at Jarrett's house. Yeah. So this whole thing doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> so China gets a guitar. 
and guitar shots Jarrett and wins the first and so far only woman to hold the Intercontinental title. And this got a huge reaction from the crowd. So as shitty as the match was... And one, two, three, Jeff Jarrett's career in WWE is now over. Yeah, forever. Forever. I mean, when they bought the company, Vince went out of his way to say, he's gone. You'll never see that motherfucker again. So. Yeah. And the birth of TNA. Get get to work on TNA, Jeff. That's, well, I mean, go to WCW and put it out of business. But then get to work on TNA when you're done. Yeah. Look, that match, honestly, wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I knew it would be stupid and yeah. it would be full of bullshit, but that's to be expected. Uh. I wish China had some more offense to to put her over as stronger and not, you know, winning on a guitar shot. That's really something that he should... She should have won with a pedigree. Yeah. I guess he probably negotiated the finish because he was already holding him up for money, so... You know, it's really not that bad for a plunder match. For a no. comedy plunder match. It's entertaining. I mean, it's anything for any Thursday night Smackdown that you were going to see during... Uh, Thanksgiving. It's no different. Oh, yeah, the food fight. The food fight every year. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, so... No different, so... No big deal. You know, if you're looking for five-star wrestling, you're not going to be watching this show anyway, uh, for the most part, so... Not this pay-per-view, anyway. Well, there, there's... The two matches at the end, I think, are... Yeah. ...are worthy. Outside of those, you're not going to find a lot of stuff. British uh, Bulldog. The British Bulldog. I, I enjoyed this match. Oh, no, Patrick, you're wrong again. This match was not good, but it it's okay. British Bulldog, he's very upset with The Rock. It's a five-man challenge at Unforgiven yeah. that Austin had to count the winner for, and Bulldog felt like The Rock caused him to not win. They didn't need much for this feud. They just made it happen. Well, no, what caused the feud is when he got rock bottom onto the dog shit. Oh right, okay. Because that would have pissed me off. That would, I'll give. I want him in the ring right now. <sighs> British Bulldog is out to his terrible theme song. Why not just keep the old? Uh, that, yeah, I don't understand that. Just, and then, just so you know that he's a heel, he flips off the crowd as he walks out. Now, a reminder: this is the British Bulldog a year after he nearly died at a WCW event when he broke his back. Yeah, and the company fired him while he was in the hospital. Yeah. And so this is uh, deep into his addiction, British Bulldog, and he was not looking too great here, like, uh, physically. Yeah. He's still getting a paycheck, and I bet this caused some uh, problems within the the family to go back to the WWF after what they did with Brett and what happened with Owen to to take the job, but, I mean, the guy's got to eat, you know? He's got, a, he's got a family to take care of, so he went back to the WWF for his blue jean run is what I always think about here. I always think about, like, this reminds me a lot of, like, William Regal when he was the real man's man or whatever. This yeah. is, like, the same sort of thing. Like, working man, Bulldog. Bulldog comes out to no reaction because the crowd doesn't know this fucking theme song and the guy's wearing blue jeans. Meanwhile, The Rock comes out and the place explodes because he <laughs> yeah. is the fucking Rock at the height of his... The prime. Yeah. I mean, this is prime time Rock right here. Yeah. Bulldog and Rock brawl around the ring to start the match. Bulldog hits Rock with a chair right in front of the ref. No DQ is called, though. Rock whips Bulldog into the turnbuckle, who does a front flip for some reason, and his back, his broken back, hits the bottom turnbuckle very violently. Why did he do this spot? Just run into the turnbuckle. You could do it frontwards, even. Like, this was so bizarre, like, for this match. Like, especially, this was pretty early in the match. Like, dude, 
you're on borrowed time anyway. Like, don't. I mean, he was given everything he had to try to make his run, his last run, or in this match. He wants to supercell for the Rock. He wants to make everything count. And so. It's hard to watch knowing what happened. It's hard to watch. But, I mean, you also, until you've been in that position. A swinging neck breaker to Bulldog for a two count. Bulldog hits a vertical suplex to the Rock for a two count. Bulldog locks in a headlock on the Rock. And the Rock and Bulldog botch the Rock's, like, fall away Samoan drop thing that he does. They yeah. fucked it up together. Then we get a DDT to the Bulldog for a two count. Bulldog hits his running power slam. I was surprised that the Rock didn't counter out of this. People counter out of this running power slam all the time. Yeah. But he hits it. One, two, foot on the ropes. That's the problem with the running power slam. You run them so far across the ring. Put him near the ropes. I would have thought Bulldog had considered this, you know. Somebody needs to tell Braun Strowman this. Maybe it's time for a new finishing move, guys. Rock bottom, people's elbow, and the match is over. I forgot how big of a star this guy was and just how popular he was. The people just wanted to see him win, so this match didn't really have to do anything because the people just wanted to see the rock bottom and the people's elbow and see the rock win. Yeah. That happened. The people were happy, so I can't really say much of i mean i'm kind of disappointed at the match quality i wish it was better but for their booking purposes and what would happen with the rock later on in the night you're gonna get more rock anyway so what does it matter a sunday night heat segment another one showing king perving over terry who's hosting the terry invitational tournament tit t-i-t we had a feud a few weeks ago over hot coffee that was spilt on Kane. It's true. We, of course, had Kurt Angle nearly killing Shane McMahon for calling him a wussy. And now we have four people basically killing themselves for the services of Terry Runnels, who has brought success to approximately zero people that she's managed. But this is a big deal to them. They really go out. They really want this fucking contract. Well, maybe they've heard what her services entail. I don't know. I guess the Hardys really wanted her services over Gangrel's. I guess they were tired of the vampire man. They were ready for some uh, Terry action. Edge and Christian will take on the new brood. You might know them better as the Hardy Boys. Yeah. This is when they stole... Edge and Christian's old gimmick because Gangrel and Edge and Christian had a falling out with the Ministry of Darkness had separated the original brood. So now we have the new brood. Much like all the other new tag teams that turn out so well. The new Rockers, the new Midnight Express, they all turn out very well. So, I mean, they're fantastic. They just, they work so well. So the Hardys are out with Gangrel who quickly gets asked to leave by the, uh, the referee. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I know this is a ladder match and anything goes, but... You can't be out here. Yeah. <laughs> Way to put your foot down, Patrick. Sorry. Can't be out here. This Gotta is go. the first tag team ladder match ever in WWF, according to the announcers. That is... This is actually pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. I mean, what would come from this is, I mean, TLC, which is... This have, was a pretty great way to start, though. We have a pay-per-view named after it. That'll tell you something. So. Yeah. The teams just sort of brawl to start the match. Edge dropkicks the ladder out of Jeff's hands, and it lands on his face. Ouch. Christian tries for the money, not the money in the bank, the Terry money. Then Jeff rips him down. Edge tries to get the money, but gets tipped over off the ladder by Matt. Christian and Jeff tug of war over the ladder. Hey, I want the ladder. You can't have it. Okay. Jeff is wedged in the corner with the ladder, like kind of leaned against him. 
and Christian runs up it and drop kicks Jeff in the first of many spots that this crowd and myself, had I seen it, had never seen before. This kind of ladder match, these kind of spots. Edge uses Christian as a springboard and tries to splash Matt on the ladder, but he misses and runs the ladder into himself. Christian hits an inverted DDT on Jeff off the ladder. Matt back suplexes Christian off the ladder. Edge power bombs Matt off the ladder. Then Jeff Missile drop kicks Edge off the ladder. Matt lays Edge on the ladder and Jeff hits the Swanton bomb on him. But this was before it was his finisher. It was just a Centon yeah. bomb. Yeah. A poetry in motion to Christian. The Hardys ram Christian with the ladder. Jeff leapfrogs the ladder off the turnbuckle for a splash, and the crowd popped huge for this. They had never seen anybody jump over a ladder. Yeah, this... What's crazy about this are these are four guys that... This is a nothing match. This is for nothing. Yeah, no. This is a throwaway mid-card gimmick. They were thrown in here as a a gimmick type, you know, see what you can do, just make it somewhat work. They didn't have to do any of these insane things. man, and they, they... took this opportunity and they made it their own and made it count and it was they really they showed up and delivered yeah i mean the hardys especially this was their star making night i would say i mean edge and christian i think we're gonna be okay jeff goes for the bag but edge knocks him down with another ladder so now we've got two king says edge is throwing those ladders around like ladders Edge goes for the money bag again, but Matt throws a ladder at him. The Hardys try to ram Edge and Christian with a ladder, but Christian comes off and crossbodies them. Edge and Christian then drop kick a ladder into Matt's dick in the corner. Ouch. Then they use the ladder to sandwich Jeff, and they hit him with ten ladder claps to the delight of the fans. Edge throws Christian on top of Jeff for good measure at the end of it. Edge and Christian flapjack Matt into a ladder. Edge hits a flatliner to Jeff off of the ladders in the middle of the ring. Then Matt hits a neckbreaker to Edge off the ladder. Jeff and Christian go up the ladder, and Christian hits a hip lock to Jeff off the ladder to a big reaction. Edge and Christian tease a Tower of Doom spot to Jeff, but it doesn't happen. Jeff then flies off and does the very dangerous catapult ladder to the face of Christian and Matt, which that's, that's Joey insane. Mercury pretty much they ever they never did it after that. When his that face really exploded. That really messed him up bad. Oh yeah. It was it was disgusting and it got him hooked on painkillers afterwards. Yeah. So I mean you could get kit like if that thing hit you right in the throat, both teams climb the ladders and they do the tumbling ladder to get crotched spot that they made famous in their TLC matches. The teams recover and climb again. Matt stumbles into one ladder and manages to knock Christian and Edge off the ladders. Jeff struggles with the money bag, but eventually he gets it down. Jeff and Matt win Terry. All that work for a manager, which they already had one. And they got a paycheck at the same time. You would think after this awesome match that Matt and Jeff would like to soak in the moment. Yeah. No, they got to get to Terry. So they run away. And Edge and Christian get the standing ovation all by themselves in the ring. So, just an amazing match for absolutely no reason. But it raised the bar on ladder matches. And on Heat, Mankind was looking for The Rock. He got beat up by Val Venus, though, who stole Rocco, the sock that looks like The Rock. Because The Rock and Sock Connection are the tag team champions. That's true. And he beat him up in a men's bathroom. 
of all places. You think you're safe. You think you're safe. It's a men's bathroom where you're not. And he also stole Mick's book before it's even released. That's true. He got the early copy. Maybe it's the master. Maybe, like, the publisher needs this back. Yeah. To print the books. This is a rematch from Raw exactly one year ago almost that we watched last week. This is the exact same match. Well, The Rock comes out first, and he cuts a promo. And then he gets attacked by a sledgehammer. And Triple H, for what reason? We don't really know. It just happened. Yeah. And so The Rock is now going to be backstage getting taped up all night. It takes all night to tape up The Rock's ribs. They're ma- they're massive. I mean... They're the people's ribs. It takes time. Gotta make sure they're right. Val Venus comes out with the book. Mankind is checking on The Rock before he comes out. So he's late on his own entrance because he's checking on The Rock. Mankind and Val brawl around the ring. Mick hits a running knee into Val in the corner. Mick lands a leg drop to Val's junk. Then he digs in Val's tights. Uh Uh-oh, what the hell are you doing? He's going for the big Valboski. No, he's going for Rocco. Rocco is in Val's tights, so he pulls his sock out. But Val snatches it back and puts it back in his tights. Hey, that's my sock now. Mankind hits a clothesline to Val on the outside of the ring. Mick gets a chair and smacks Val into it. No DQ. No bell is called for. None whatsoever. Mankind gets then back suplexed onto the chair on the back of his head. Why did he take this spot in this match? I don't know. I don't either. But it was the story of the match after that. Because he tries a mandible claw on Venus who shoves him into the ring post. Val gets another chair, but this time Teddy's like, no, no, no. No chairs. He prevents him from using it, but he gets legs swept onto the chair. And then Teddy throws the chair out of the ring. So Teddy has picked a side here. Only Val can get hit with the chair. A double arm DDT gets countered into some ground and pound to Mankind. Val hits a nasty knee to the back of Mankind's head again. Val tries the money shot, but Mankind stops him. A second rope elbow to the back of Mick's head, and Mick is down, face down on the mat. So Val goes for the money shot again, but misses. A double arm DDT and Val kicks out. Val then says, fuck it and uses Rocco for the testicular claw. Yes. And Mick uses Mr. Sacco for the mandible claw. So each person reaches into their tights with their backs turned. We now have a sock fight. We have a sock fight. If Santino was only here with the Cobra, we could have had three socks fighting in the ring at once. That's true. So both guys lock in their claws, and they both fall over from all the pain. When, well... The pain of the testicular claw was just too massive. Well, he's got grapefruits, right? So Mick Foley, due, <laughs> due to a testicular claw. <laughs> In all of mankind's great matches and great win and loss, why did you win? Why did you lose? Gets counted one, two, three, and loses to a testicular claw from Rocco <laughs> on Valvina. His own sock. Own sock. This man was in. Wh- this man has been thrown off cell. <laughs> yeah, he has been. And the worst is still yet to come in two thousand. He's been put on thumbtacks. He's lost half an ear. Wrestled on explosives. This man has done it all. But you know what? What really beats him up? This Ro- loss. The testicular claw. Finally, someone finally found a way to break Mick Foley. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> 
It was Val Venus of all people. And so just like on Raw one year ago. I'm going to tell you, the testicular claw will break anybody. It's not just Mick Foley. Val fucking Venus wins again over Mankind. What are they doing? Mankind is not going to let Val get his heat. No, no, no. Gets Rocco back. And he gets his book back. And then his music plays. So he lost, but he really got what he wanted out of the match, which was all his shit back. Yeah, pretty much. Brock is still getting checked on in the back, by the way. Kane and X-Pac will take on the Acolytes in an elimination match. Oh, boy. This is, let's let's specify this. This is actually a fatal four-way elimination match. Which is somehow still a tag match. So technically, technically. This is every man for himself. Technically, it's it's Kane versus Bradshaw versus Farouk versus X-Pac. Yeah. The last man standing. Doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense, really. But it's wrestling. So. <laughs> yeah. It's not a tag We're going to have match. some dissension a, here. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to have some dissension. You have to believe in the rules because the rules is the only thing that makes this match somewhat unique. Which is, other than that, you'd be confused to sell. Oh, I'm still confused by it, honestly. Even after watching it. X-Pac is dumped on the ring mats by Bradshaw immediately. So the APA double-team Kane. Kane hits an Insiguri to Farouk, which was my favorite spot of probably the night, really, to see Kane hitting an Insiguri. X-Pac tags in and thinks about fighting Kane, and I'm like, you fucking dumbasses, whatever. But you know what? Kane's like, okay, let's fight. And so these partners fight. X-Pac does karate kicks and gets clotheslined before he tags Bradshaw in. And then Farouk gets tagged in, and now the Acolytes are going to beat the shit out of each other. What the fuck is going on here? (laughs) Okay. You should only do this as a last resort if you're really a good tag team partner. Yes. And if it's for something. This is for nothing. But Farouk tags X-Pac back in and slings him into a clothesline from hell. And then Kane breaks the cover. So even though it's every man for himself, Kane wants to save X-Pac. X-Pac really needs this win, I guess. The APA get the heat on X-Pac for ages. X-Pac is just ragdolled by the Acolytes here, just hitting him with clotheslines, punching him, stomping him, all that stuff. He finally wakes up and hits a top turnbuckle tornado DDT to Bradshaw, then Kane, because X-Pac just is a fighter. He's got that fighting spirit. Kane has to tag himself in. Kane runs wild, no-sells a boot from Bradshaw, Choke slams Bradshaw and eliminates him. A spinning heel kick off the top turnbuckle, and dissension has arrived. X-Pac pins Kane, his own partner. Kane's eliminated. Farouk and X-Pac are now all that's left. X-Pac DDTs Farouk off the announcer's table. A Bronco Buster is countered into a Spine Buster from Farouk. Then Farouk tries a top turnbuckle splash. Really shouldn't have done this. It looked like shit. And... X-Pac needed to counter it into an X-Factor. What happened is Farouk ended up landing on his feet. X-Pac was, like, late with the X-Factor, and so it just, it all fell apart. Yeah, it looked really bad. And then X-Pac wins. There you go. This was a match. I guess to tease the breakup of Kane and X-Pac coming soon. All the drama there. X-Pac did get Kane to throw away the voice thingy, so he did make a change in his life. No more voice, voice box speaker. Rock... By the way, still getting taped up in the back. Yeah, we just want to let you know this. Yeah, yeah why? <laughs> yeah, this won't come into play at all later on. Not at all. 
Triple H attacks Vince on the ramp as he comes out for the main event after the promo piece airs, recapping. Austin counted the three for Triple H back at Unforgiven. And uh, this is his first match. This is, I think, after the knee. The knee had given Austin problems, so this is Austin's first match back. Well, it's his first pay-per-view match back. He would, of course, be pulled out of Survivor Series for the neck and then would be out for most of the year 2000, which is mainly remembered as Triple H's breakout year. I mean, every every pay-per-view was Triple H yeah. doing something, usually beating up the full. Austin thinks of me. He thinks you're an ass. hell to pay when I get back. Here we go. WWE title will be decided right here tonight. Cold Steve Austin is the man in charge of this matchup. And wait a minute. The Bulldog with a tear shot on the rock. in this very ring at no mercy but that WWF title is coming back to Stone Cold Steve Austin you know without a shadow of a doubt at no mercy you A five-foot-long, poisonous, deadly snake was brought into the building, and it bit me in the face. When Austin gets here, I want him to look at my eyes, look at my face. I want him to see what he's done, and I will personally put this belt in his hand because, obviously, it means more than life to Steve Austin so he can have it. Triple H said he is going to quit and forfeit the WWF Championship. There's a championship take it. Hope that makes you happy. Hey! Oh my god, Triple H! What is this? He's, a, he's, a, he's attacked Austin! H and every one of you morons! Bust that sappy tear jerker I did out here! You stupid son of a This title means more to me than it ever, ever will to you. It means more to me than it ever will to you. So. Triple H attacks Vince on the ramp, who tried to take his sledgehammer away. You fool. We don't ever take away Triple H's toys. Can't do it. Austin runs Triple H down on the ramp. He, he's like, hey, this is a good idea. And apparently the floor in the gunned arena is still the basketball floor, because it's a wooden floor. And they did not put all of the covering down. No. They only put 
carpet on the walkway, and the rest is still the hardwood floor. So they're going to fight on the basketball floor. I would not want to bump off a wooden floor or a concrete floor. It hurts. It hurts bad. Austin hits a clothesline to H off the railing and lands on his knees. Ouch, those knees that he has braces on. There's hardly any light on these guys as they fight out through the crowd. Austin hits Triple H with the boom mic, a spot that he would repeat at the Armageddon Hell in a Cell. I didn't know that this had been done before. Yes. So there you go, a little throwback. I didn't. It all loops around. It's everything's been done. Before. Everything in the entire world revolves around wrestling. People just don't know it. Austin suplexes H on the entryway. They still haven't made it to the ring, by the way. This is like six, seven minutes in. Austin wants to pile drive Triple H on the floor, but H back body drops him instead. Austin counters a pedigree and slingshots Triple H into Mike Kyoto, who had been following them around, the referee. They finally make it into the ring. A stunner basically out of nowhere. Austin covers, but there's no ref because Mike Kyoto is dead. Austin gets Kyoto, tries to revive him, make him the walking dead. But then Triple H nails him again. Mike Kyoto took two ref bumps so and then was helped to the back. A pedigree to Stone Cold. And Triple H is covering, but there's no one there. And here comes that asshole Earl Hebner. But he's here to be the replacement ref. He counts to two, and Austin kicks out. Athez press to H, and the fingers are out, and the punches are out, and an elbow drop nets a two for Stone Cold. Triple H blades himself off a table bump, which was very uh, unique, as he was just sort of thrown over the table. This caused a big cut on Triple H's head by simply going over the table. This was yeah. very... Uh, he caught, he got the corner, it sliced him wide open. This guy loves blading. I, there's not many main events we've had with Triple H where he hasn't bladed. I mean, even in recent WrestleManias, this man is still blading. Like, I mean, those matches with The Undertaker, he was blading in them. H suplexes Austin onto the Spanish announce table. Table of Japan, that table does not break. <laughs> H decides to focus on Austin's knee and just batters it with stomps and elbows, and that is the story of the rest of this match. A facebuster knee to Austin, and H can't get the three, so H goes and gets a chair, but Austin knocks it away. Austin grabs it, but Triple H chop blocks his knee and then hits a clothesline, so that knee is just not holding up, Stone Cold. Austin superplexes Triple H despite his wobbly knee, which always gets on my nerves when people sell legs and then do a superplex yeah so then austin grabs the chair and destroys triple h with a chair shot to the head a nasty chair shot was, to the head it was ugly and then it's wrestlemania x7 all over again because he starts wearing his ass out with this chair 11 chair shots i, I couldn't keep count so i I'm, went i paused it. i was like oh it's one of those i'll count 11 chair shots. The first one, only one directly to the head, then some on the back, and then Triple H sort of gave him his leg to use the rest of them on. But 11 fucking shots. I mean, geez. Triple H, by the way, well, you'll see who wins the match. (laughs) So after that, all of a sudden, Rocky Maivia. Rock, what's he doing here? It's true. He's got taped ribs and... This is odd. He's got a sledgehammer. He is pissed. What are the odds that that is the same sledgehammer 
that Vince McMahon had earlier. So he comes into the ring. He's going to get that revenge on that bastard Triple H. So he swings the hammer. And Austin, meanwhile, is going to swing a chair at Triple H. They are going to destroy Triple H together. But instead, Triple H moves out of the way. And Rock nails Austin in the leg, the bad leg, with the sledgehammer. Devastating. Rock then walks into a pedigree. And Triple H just rolls over and covers Austin. One, two, three. And a big win. Austin didn't want to put Triple H over at SummerSlam, but by God, he did it here. He didn't do it clean, but he did do the job. And Triple H, the torch has been passed. It's the era of Triple H, but not really. It's the hold my my belt for a while. Keep it warm for me, buddy. The McMahon-Helmsley era has begun. Well, it's... About to. Well, it's the McMahon, it's the Helmsley China era as after the match, much like a criminal in the night, Triple H grabs his belt and runs away. Yeah, and Austin, not happy, wants to get all his heat back. Hey, I just put you over, pal. So he chases him out to the car, and there in that limousine awaits the Intercontinental Champion. We have a two-man, well, two-person power trip. Yeah. China is waiting for Triple H, and they bail out in the limo and they are gone there you go that thief it's true meanwhile austin seemed to have uh no interest in the rock who actually hit him in the leg with the sledgehammer but that's okay uh if the rock hit me with a sledgehammer what would i do uh i believe i'd be pissed he hit him in the leg so hard he was able to run you know chase triple h all the way through the arena well he did fall multiple times okay multiple times thank you so I thought it was a very good main event. It was a little too brawly for my liking. I think there could have been some more wrestling moves, especially because uh, I think Triple H is a... I have, it's always been my thing with Triple H. He's kind of a boring in-ring wrestler. He's very solid. Doesn't yeah. mess up. But he's kind of boring. And so, same shit. Yeah, and so when he get, he's still wrestling the same match. Yeah, same um, sequence. And so I kind of wish that they had done more actual moves because when he gets it punchy kicky stuff is fine but there was just a little too much of it but otherwise the match was fantastic it set up you know what to expect for survivor series it austin lost but yeah not i mean it wasn't his fault so yeah everybody was strong it was good enough triple h is still your heel world champion Overall, uh, the latter match and the main event are the only two matches i can recommend on the show i thought the rest of it was just nah. Nah, I'm not watching. Oh, I liked. Uh, I liked, liked the bulldog. I liked the bulldog match. I liked Moolah's match. Oh, jeez. You enjoyed it. Don't You're lie. You're such a sucker for old wrestlers. You you enjoyed it. Don't lie. I liked the ladder match, main event. I liked. Uh, okay. Well. Uh, oh, China and and, Tri- and Je- uh, Jeff Jarrett. Good housekeeping. Uh, so, there you go. Yeah. So, I wouldn't recommend this other than those two matches. Honest. And even then, honestly, the one match, I would put the ladder match over the main event. So, if you're only going to check out one match, make it a ladder match. Make it the ladder match, yeah. On our rating scale, Patrick, Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where do you have No Mercy 1999? Not the, not the UK one, but the US. Terry. Wow, that's pretty good. I'm going to give it a Miss Kitty making a cake. So we're about pretty even. Yeah. It was uh, something that happened. It was something. So it's my pick for next week. We will go back to WCW. We will drag our feet back 
kicking and screaming to WCW. We will go to a night that I'll never forget, even though I have forgotten because I have to look up the date. August 4th, 1997, WCW Monday Nitro. Lex Luger versus Hulk Hogan for the WCW world title. Hogan is contractually obligated. That 30-day clause, well, it was more like a, it seemed like a 120-day clause. He's finally going to have to put it up. It's odd that the clause fell right before the pay-per-view on Saturday that he needs to defend this title on Monday before Sturgis on Saturday, but that's just what they're going to do. They that's also how it goes, man. They claim that this is the 100th episode of Nitro. It's really episode number 99 because they had a Saturday house show one time and they called it Nitro, and so they count that in their official counters in their head. But on the network, it'll be episode 99. But don't let the announcers fool you with all that episode 100 talk. It's not. And so there you go. Lex Luger versus Hulk Hogan. Someone will have to take a bump. Or will they? I don't know. Who knows? You can find all our episodes at RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. Where can they find you, Patrick? I'm on Facebook, Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling. Shoot me a message. Shoot me a uh, question. Glad to find out. Hear from our fans. We'll answer any and all questions. We'll answer any and all topics you might want to talk about. Uh, If we don't or we can't, we will find someone who can. All right, well, I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's clothesline. Bingo, bingo.